I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to today's episode of Lost Words Podcast, a Monday evening again. Uh, this week it's the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which is a relatively new event. First year at Detroit last year. Here with Jason again. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you doing? Not too bad yourself. Marvellous. Yes. We've had three sort of dramatic weeks, haven't we? You had a very good chance yesterday with Kevin Strelman, who you gave a big shout out to last week. So you've kept the form going because I was nowhere near last week, so that's handy. And for if it wasn't for the rain delay, I think he would have, or the weather delay, he probably would have had a good chance. Yeah, it was brilliant. Another really good week. All going down to the 72nd hole, which is what we want. Yeah, Streelman did Streelman, I suppose, really. DJ looked totally comfortable, made some horrendous errors and got away with some errors coming home. Putted that long part from off the green. When it was going past, if it doesn't go in, it goes five, six, seven foot past and he has a tester. Gets away with a par five when it should have been a simple birdie for him. Gets away with a short par four. Should have been a simple birdie for him. And Streelman just did what Streelman does, you know. Didn't pat enough really yesterday. If I'm going to be really harsh, and I might as well be because we were on it. I did say, I think, last week's pod that he was 260 on the exchanges. By the next day, he'd gone to well over 300, which is an absolute ludicrous price. I mean, you, you can't let these people go at those prices. Um, Anywhere that you birdie seven shots in a row on the last last seven holes to win, you don't sort yeah. of look at those prices, do you, and think he can't win? Because no. it's just it's just a ridiculous price. Absolutely, you know you're saying he can't win one in every 350. <laughs> if they play it 350 times, he can't win one. So the only thing I would say, he did play well. He had a great partner, Mackenzie Hughes, was brilliant. Hughes showed him the line on 17. He was unlucky. He was a roll away from. First of all, on his approach shot, he was he was two inches away from coming right back to the pin. Hughes showed him the line anyway. He was a roll shorter there, but 18 I thought was poor. Uh, 72nd hole. If you're the only one in second, you can't really lose second if you bogey the hole. You've got the putt to take it to a playoff at probably take it to a playoff at worst. He was shown the line and it was a terrible putt. And you have to go for it. You, you look at, we've seen 100 million of these. Best one I could think of was Sammy Vellamaki back uh, when he beat Brandon Stone. If you're on the 18th, you've got to hit the putt. And that was his worst putt of the day. And it was gettable. You can't say because he was 351 because he didn't deserve to be that. Played well, did a job. What more do you want? You know, it's uh, it was a, it was a great shout, and uh, it would have been nice to shout louder. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know when you get beat by Dustin Johnson, you don't really uh, you don't mind that too much. He's a, you know, oh you do because you want to win, but you know, twenty one time winner, you can't expect uh, going down the stretch. Oh, were you surprised by Todd and his, yeah. and his disaster hole? Because the oh, only yeah. thing I would say is obviously everyone was saying how unflappable he was throughout the front nine, and he was. He didn't look nervous, but he should be making birdies at some point during those first 10 holes you know he wasn't playing anywhere near how he'd been playing throughout the week so yes he wasn't he wasn't throwing it away until that that disaster but he wasn't playing his best golf no i think radar said it right wayne riley i thought he was a bit cruel at some points but he did say he said todd's just tiptoeing around so there was you know moving days moving day you make your move boom attack the pins and he knew he was in front and he played played boring golf and that wasn't going to do it on a course that was was giving up five, six unders around. Yeah, what happened to him when he shanked it and, and everything, but that was just, that was DJ just getting to him. Yeah, I mean, Radar said that, you know, they went on about how he'd won last year, two in a row, should have won three. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago when we, we actually tipped him. So that was annoying if he'd have gone and won. 
But we mentioned that you know, he'd won two in a row. And Radar kept saying, but that wasn't against Dustin Johnson. That wasn't against a major winner. I don't think so. I think if they've been on tour long enough and, and you've been in contention for a long time, I'm not sure that should affect you so much. But he was boring. He, he, he plodded it around. It wasn't a par golf course. He never, ever looked like he was going to shoot five or six under for a final round. Whether he had a, a number in his head that he wanted to get to, and fortunately, if everybody else is, is flying birdies, he's not going to do it. But, it, you know, he wasn't impressive. You wouldn't say he's thrown it away, but I think in future you'd rather that he was two behind than two in front. I just think when you're, like you've basically covered it there, is basically if you've got Dustin Johnson breathing down your neck, you can't play par golf. It's just, it's just ridiculous because he will at any point, inevitably just going to run a birdies. You know, he's got the bit between his teeth. He was playing okay for the first couple of events that he was back anyway. He just wasn't putting. He changed his putter three times in three weeks or whatever. He's just an animal. He's, you know, he's won, what is it, 14 seasons in a row, whatever it is. You know, outside of Rory, he's the most dominant player of the decade in terms of wins. Yes, absolutely, um, unbelievable. It's, a, it's ridiculous. And, and that does have to get you. And like you said there, you know, he hit the shank and that at the time when, when Dustin started putting the foot down. He was rubbish, wasn't he? I mean, he's, yeah. he, he, once he'd played that shot, he'd gone. But that, and, that's and the that's... thing is, he could have got over that, Shane. All he had to mm. do was then run it back up the bank. And, you mm. know, they kept saying how difficult the shot was and he was worried about the follow-through of the grandstand. I'm not being funny. You know, we see them do that also. I see sometimes when they're standing in, in crowds of people and those sort of, and by a tree and thinking, oh, God, I couldn't hit that. But that's why they can. They're, they're professional. He should have just been able to pull it off. He's got that long, you know, follow-through or whatever. But... Yeah, it was just poor. He just he just got you know flustered as soon as he hit the one bad shot, and he never recovered from that. He that's, could have come back from that as well. It wasn't dead then. That's why you've got the top ten in the world that consistently top ten. You know they don't let things like that get. I mean, I'd imagine if you've got Dustin Johnson walking next to you and he's your main danger, and you're looking at him and he he, he appears like he doesn't give any monkeys about what goes on. I don't think he does you know, either. I don't well, think it's just a look. Uh, he walks, doesn't he? He walks. You watch him walk down the fairway. He just walks like he's champion. He doesn't care. He knows he's good and he's just going to do his job. Like he's, You know, I think it was a quote today somewhere. I remember one of his old ones where he goes, I decided that I needed to hit a fade, so I hit a fade. Basically, it's the, it's the old, it's just what it is. You know, I'll hit the ball and wherever it lands, I'll look at it and that's what club I need, so I'll hit it again and, and then I'll get it in the hole and if it was five, it was five, it was three, it was three. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's irrelevant. But if you're playing with somebody like that, Todd obviously was desperate to win. You know, that could, you could tell. Whereas if DJ had come second or third, I'm not sure you could have told. No, uh, I, I think with Todd as well, as he probably, like Radar was saying, you know, he didn't win against Dustin Johnson earlier this season. Like we said there, it's probably not a factor. But to him, for him to win three times in one season and in a quality field, it's got to feel a bit more important. So he mm. was probably, like you say, a bit desperate to win. And to be honest, after he hit that shank, I thought, well, look, Brendan, you've come back from the depths of struggles like you couldn't hit a fairway with a seven iron back in the day just get over it just get over this shank you've you've, you've hit every fairway almost all week you know you're gonna go and do it again for the next few holes just get yourself back up there take your double or whatever and move on and mm. he couldn't even do that and and you know hopefully fingers crossed it doesn't affect him going forward because i you know I quite like him i quite like a story mm. when they come back like that but yeah it was poor be interesting to see how he gets on this week after that yeah, to be honest, it's it's you know we'll discuss it. It's not that dissimilar. The track, it's part of a group of tracks that that you know you can probably get away with a little bit more. But he's eighty. I think he was a bit bigger earlier, and that has to be just purely because of what happened Sunday. Because as you rightly say, the way he's hitting it through fifty-four, two wins earlier on in the year, 
he's double the price of non-winners. I thought it was too big. I've got to be honest. I thought it's too big. You know, forgetting he was if he was even in contention. I know if he was, you know, if he'd have missed a cut last week, that's three in a row since he come back. You probably wouldn't mm-hmm. bother. But he's had a good finish. Say so he finished twenty. If you'd think, okay, eighty to hundred twenty, you'll have a look. He should have won. There's no two ways about it. He had a two-shot lead on an easy course that he should have been able to at least match Dustin's score yesterday. So, yeah, I think he's got a chance to come back. I don't think I want to pick him just because I think there's other people with better claims at decent prices. But he, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. But let's have a look at the... Just to say while you say that, just to let everybody know, there is actually out there a bet without the top eight in the market. So there's one firm going, well, it's the obvious what firm it is, but I won't advertise them so I can't get enough on. But they're um, they're betting without the big eight. I'm not saying necessarily it's that it's the price you want, but you can have whatever price is outright. You can get 45 to one without the top eight. So he doesn't actually have to contain. He can probably get beat by six, and you'll nick it each way. But just just to let people know about that. No, good stuff. You know, and this is why we're going to talk about that because you've got two very strong, heavily favoured favourites this week in Bryson DeChambeau six to one. And we spoke a bit about it last week, didn't we? That, you know, I'm convinced by him, you're not quite. But I did say last week that I was disappointed that he, although he was playing very well, that he wasn't getting over the line. And he's done it again. He's he's played so well that he can't be halfway down the leaderboard. But he's still not playing well enough to get over the line. And I don't know why. Uh, Yeah. He is the one out of all the names, isn't he? He's the one that's been there all the time. Rory's come in and out. Has had enough for a little bit. JT missed the cut last week. Died Dustin won. You know, nobody's doing anything dramatic. But, I mean, DeChambeau, yeah, look at that run he's had. It's it's quite remarkable. Why is he not getting over the line? I, I'm not going to repeat the same thing I always say, but I've, I've, I felt it again. You know, there was, there was I can't remember the cut of holes he had. He had tough chips on. Um, and I'm in my head, I'm going, no, he can't do it with these Popeye arms. And he played really well and he missed the putt. It's just not going together, and I still think at some point I, I don't know. What he's I don't know. Do is he's going to play so well that it's not going to matter? He's going to be able to miss a couple of putts on Sunday because he's just going to put himself too far in the lead. I think. But, but is it going to be on a course with undulating greens? I, I think he'll. he'll I, I think he'll, he'll bully a U.S. Open over seven and a half thousand. That's for me. I mean, I know the greens will be rocket fast, but it, there will be a point where he's. A, I think he might be a flat track bully. And that's where he he deserves to be six to one in a field like, in a sort of quality field like this. Whereas I couldn't touch him six to one. Well, I think just the one result I think back to that gives a little bit of hope for the Donald Ross as he finished tied nineteenth for that BMW Championship. That was oh. a run. I mean, he can play them, of course. <sighs> I'm no interest at six to one, so we might as well move on because if he wins, he wins. It's it's due. It's coming, isn't it? It's um, understandable. You, you know, you haven't got Rory there. You haven't got JT there whoever else has been up there the last couple of weeks, they're not there. So, you know, that percentage cut is, is understandable. People have taken, I think they've taken 7 and 15 to 2 today, haven't they? Yeah. On a Monday, yeah. they've taken 7 to 1 about, I mean, I imagine he might take apart the back nine, which has some scoring. Obviously, they've seen as a 6-16 yard par 5. It's the first course, isn't it, since we've come back, it's got four par fives. So maybe that's the thinking that he's just going to destroy those. Yeah, but... He's still got yeah, to do it, though, isn't he? He's still yeah, got to get up and down. Okay. The, the two par fives on the on the, on the the back nine, which is an easier nine, 42 and 48% birded that last year. So he's, he's got no gimme there. His gimme's going to be on the 6.16 yard, maybe. 
but even then, I mean, you've got to be awfully accurate off that. That's not an easy. That's not six sixteen open fairway where you just bomb it. The five forty two par five is also a tight fairway. Uh, look, he can obviously win. He probably should have won at least one by now. But you know, is is he a has he got a sixteen percent chance of winning this? No. Thing with us as well is, and we say we said this every week is that Webb Simpson's again at twelve to one he looks short, but in comparison to Bryson at double the price, it looks wrong. When Bryson named a kid after Wyndham Championship, which is a Donald Ross track, second there again this year. He's already won there, won the Heritage a couple of weeks ago, similar sort of track, and he's already won twice this season. He's done it this year. He's done what Bryson is, is what everyone's expecting him to do. He's already done it this year. Yes, he missed it last week through a false negative test or whatever it was mm. that happened you know i'm not interested in either of them i think i think it's hard to go back to back whoever you are and we both like the next guy up is Tyrrell hatton and what price can you make him in this field well let's just say also if we just look at the first first running of this yeah nate lashley uh doc redman roach sabatini neiman okay at time wasn't what he is now potter jr so it's a course that is at the moment a very brief history that we have could turn up anybody that gets hot. But anyway, sorry, where were we, mate? Sorry. Tyrrell Hatton playing the best golf of his career by a long way. He was playing well before he went down for the surgery. He's obviously come back from that brilliantly. Had a chance at the Heritage again. Yep. Could argue he probably should have won. So on a course that demands you hit small greens and makes lots of parts, he's he's your man, isn't he, at the moment? He's brilliant. 16 to 1? I'm not particularly... I don't know what price you can make him, so I don't think he's particularly short. I don't think I'm that interested in it, but I wouldn't go, ooh, 16 to 1, that's horrible, because what can you make him in this field? He just, that's the problem. I mean, look, if, if you like betting at that sort of price, I don't understand why you'd have taken 7 Bryson and not, not 16 Till Hatton. He, he's just everywhere on this. You know, his putting is outstanding this year. He's in the top three strokes gain putting, strokes gain approach. Tita Green is up there. As you say, his form recently is top grade. I, I'd say he's in effect playing probably alongside Webb. Maybe he's probably playing the best golf in the world. It's equal to what Bryson's doing, but he's he's looking like proper golfer, if you know what I mean. So the Arnold Palmer winner we know was fantastic. Yeah, the Heritage made one error coming home and that cost him. Obviously, Webb was bombing the lights out with the putter but he made one mistake really to Ryan, and he should be on a hat-trick he, I just he, think he's been I think he's been amazing everyone says that he was a player that was always never short of confidence always fancied himself and this sort of thing but it's clearly since he's got that win at the Arnold Palmer and even since he played if you go back to Mexico when he played well just on his coming back from injury I think it's taken those two events for him to go do you know what yeah this is mm. this is my level and I'm going to win here as well. You know, he's won multiple times in Europe, and he's going to do it on the PGA now. And yeah, I think he's going to the next level. I think there was always major talk about him anyway for the last two or three years. But I think you've got to put him in that equation again now. And I'd probably rather just wait until then. I just think yeah, wait, I, I... wait until an event when he's going to be 50, 60 to one, and he's probably got not as good of a chance. Obviously not because this is a, a glorified web field at times. But yeah. I don't know. I just I don't think I don't think it's a bad price. I don't think it's the wrong price. I don't think it's too short. But like you say, I, I don't feel the need to back sixteen to one players. Same with Patrick Reed. He's sixteen to one this week. Can obviously win. 
likes this type of calls, is playing better than his form probably Absolutely. suggests. Did really well to come back this week and finish in the top 25. And when, when Hideki Matsuyama's sitting there at 18-1, to 1, I don't really understand that. <laughs> Again, you know, most of them appear... I mean, Hatton is just clear of the three main stats that I've got. I mean, I'd rather be on than any of the other top seven. Yeah, Reid, I think you summed that up perfectly. He's playing far better than his results. He's He seems... He seems to not be anywhere and then suddenly appear, doesn't he, over the weekend at the moment without doing anything, anything particularly special. Putting's really good. Obviously, seventh here last year, wasn't he? Rest of it, does it stand up at the moment? Not quite sure he should be same price as Hatton. Um, obviously, he's got the run at the course, but what will that mean, really, in two years, three years' time? Matsuyama, again, iron legend, can't putt, save his life, can he? It couldn't, couldn't possibly be on 18 for someone who can't putt. Do... People bookies take a chance on Matsuyama and put him out to a price that you can back, because we've well, seen Fowler go out to some prices. Over well, he's blue on he's blue on six books, Tom. So if people still want to bet him at twenty and twenty two, then why would you, why do you want to give thirty but and thirty three? But why are they? Why are people? I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. I I you know I understand his qualities. He strikes the ball as good as anybody. Approach game's brilliant, but he he's, the thing with him is I think he's he's proven he can't putt. This isn't this isn't just you know a 19 year old kid where you go, do you know what he's going to learn or he's going to improve? I'm sure he will improve. I think he's, he's some of his game is is major class, isn't it? But he can't putt. It, it, it's it's and it's been going on for two years now. So, but I see yeah. him as a player that's regressing. I don't see him as a, you know he's 28 now, and I think I think he's peaked. I generally, okay. I, generally, I don't think he can get any better than he was. I don't. I don't. Well, I could be completely wrong. And if he wins a major championship, then then you argue. But he, the way the level that he was playing at before was major championship level, was multiple winner level. So if he won one major and then didn't do anything for another three or four years, is he is he a better player or has he just got hot one week? I don't see him making any strides in his game. He hasn't tidied up his weaknesses, which is his short game, and he's had five or six years to do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. We, we, you know, as far as I was concerned, I looked at it and putting was an absolute crucial element or, or certainly an element of that. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, he, he led the players, didn't he? And, and maybe people are clinging on to that. That's all I can think of, really. You know, he's got the 13th. He led the players. We all know that he wouldn't have won the players because uh, it had screwed up the putting at some point. But he's there. He's got the course form. He's there on, on the approach and the tee to green stats. Uh, every year, but exactly the same as a certain other player we're about to bump into. Well, very similar to a certain player that we're about to bump into in the fact that they can't putt a thing, but one is so young, you'd expect him to find it. Whereas you, maybe you're right. He's just doing what he does, and there's no real reason, as you say, to be on at 20s. There's there's better 20 or one shots probably in the Corn Ferry this year. I just think that he, the last <laughs> yeah. evidence that we've had is a 73 and a 70 last time out. Uh, missed the cut and when you look okay yeah he finished 13th here last year to most people most players in this field you'd say okay he finished 13th I'll take that as a positive I actually think that's a bit of a negative yeah when you look at the names that are ahead of him that week okay well he's been brilliant this year but JT Poston last year wasn't wasn't the big name Sepp Stracker Brian Stewart Ted Potter Jr Cameron Tringali was coming out of the wilderness Wes Roach (laughs) nothing player Rory Sabatini, perennial non-winner, good player, and then the two that the two one twos were sponsors exemptions and a Monday qualifier. So, 
he's probably yes yeah, good result no i think i think you may well have summed that up a bit of, you know not that you're ever going to get a price about him whenever he turns up but i think you're probably right i think if you want to be on him you are better off waiting for for a major and getting on getting on for a place at a major because that seems to be where he turns up he's a he's a brilliant player there's you brilliant. can't i can't deny it he's a great player i don't dislike him as a player i don't think if you know he's won plenty of times to to warrant being the big name player that he is but he's not won that much more than, or even any more than, you know, Ricky Fowler, who's thirty-three <laughs> to one. I know, and he who can he beat putt. A, who he beat at Phoenix yet? Yeah, but he can putt, and this is a twenty-five under course. Yeah, well, it is if they, if they, yeah, if they. So basically, last the year there was no weather, was there? And the roughs up slightly this year. They need to they need to put these roughs up. They need to put the rough up. If somebody misses a fairway. It's got to be penal. You cannot reach the green. They've got they've got to put this rough up. It's, it's just pointless having it otherwise. Well, so I read an article earlier, which I was really interested in, and I did share it on Twitter, and I didn't speak about it before we came on, that they're actually limited to the length that they're allowed to put the rough up when they're staging the event mm-hmm. first time. Ah, so therefore, therefore, second time around. So it's not their fault that the three and a half inches or whatever it was last year is the maximum they're allowed okay. to do. Okay. But... They're still saying that they're not, they're going to put it up slightly, but not to a maximum amount. And then there was talk of them changing it to a 72 and changing some of the par fives to longer par fours, and mm. they're not doing any of that. So I expect the course to still be the score, sorry, to still be around a 20 under mark. It may be a bit reduced. I don't know. The weather is going to be different this week. But, yeah, it's very hot, isn't it? But yeah, they're going to be fast greens, aren't they? This, yeah. this, this time, yeah. It's a course that needs you to make a lot of putts. There's, there's no. And that, mm. You say that every week, isn't it? It's an obvious. You, to win, you've got to make a lot of putts. But this was, I mean, there was a stat here that the first seven in putting average per GAR last year all finished inside the top twenty, and four of the top five puttings finished inside the top five. So it's clearly, it's not one of those weeks where you can have a an average putting week. You have got to put the lights out to contend. So, so correct are you? In fact. That when I was researching this, uh, and he caught my eye, I was so gutted that Denny McCarthy had pulled out last week for whatever stage of Corona or not stage of Corona that was going on, because he finished top twenty-five here last year, and I know his his putting is just off the charts. Yeah, he's different gear putting. He's unbelievable. And, yeah, he was absolutely going to be play. So yeah, you're right. I mean, putting is the number one here, and that's why certain players have been backed already. Do you think, on that note, and we'll get down to some of these names later on, because they're small greens, you need someone that's in decent iron form or wedge form, whatever. But are you tempted to just take someone lower down the list that's just a good putter? Because ball striking is harder to find, isn't it? Everyone argues that you can back a ball striker that's been hitting the ball great five weeks because he'll putt well one week. But this seems to be a sort of event where maybe someone just lights his course and hits enough greens and makes all the putts. Maybe. I've looked at it as, as I've made the putting quite important, whether that's been recently or, or over here in the past. So I have made the putting as, as a crucial element. But you're quite right. I mean, at Donald Ross calls, you don't want to be missing the fair, uh, missing the greens because you poss- you know you're going to be asked more of your of your chipping than your putting. So yeah, you have to be accurate. It's a second shot course, isn't it? Second shot, get yourself within 15. You know, haven't we been saying this for the last since we come back? Get yourself within 15 feet and see what happens. Berger did it. Simpson did it. That's been slightly different. But, you know, Streelman did it, didn't he? Streelman did it, I suppose, with a putter. Uh, yeah, so 
you can get away with it but you can't you can't forecast getting away with it we have to go on what we see and pattern is vital and approach is vital so they're the two main ones that I, I concentrated on the the last couple in the in the the big seven we've got Victor Hovland I liked last week we had, we had a chat about him having a sporting chance I really thought he was going to go well he did again it's the level of field that he's in is, is why the price he is I don't think you can make him any bigger he's hitting the ball really well his chipping's still a little bit suspect and he's still not finished inside the top 10 even though he's playing well right Victor Hovland it's just you knew you weren't going to get a price but you had to put him in your list and that's the problem it's just every, every single thing except the one thing we're talking about so I think he's obviously he's got the curse of Porto Rico to get over yeah, everybody laughs, but I think you're not yet? safe. Mind you, you said about you're not safe at the moment, are you? You're not safe at the moment. That's right. So he was 11th. He's uh, 11th at the moment. Strokes off the tee, 12th approach, 29th tee to green. Last week, I think he was third. He was only top five in approach. He was first tee to green. His scoring average is top 20 through the year. What else can we do? He's, 20, he's trending right. 23rd Colonial, 21st hit on head, tied 11 last week. A tie 13 here last year when he was no. He wasn't the player that he is now. It's tie 10 at Greenborough, I think. Again, you can link that into all the Webb Simpson-type courses. Tie 16 at the John Deere. What's the problem with him? 121st in putting. The only problem I've got with Victor Hovland is last year, I believe here, he was 14th stroke game putting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, the problem is he's not 66. If he's 66, you can go, do you know what? I'm going to give him a chance that he comes here and for whatever reason, he likes the greens. Can't say why because he doesn't like any other green in the world. So let's just say and give him a chance. But at 20... He's got a bet of that, which is unlikely. But his stats are just brilliant, aren't they? He's just a good player. He's just he's just an excellent player. He's going to be one of those that we speak about for a few years' time. He's living up to his hype, whereas some of sort of, you know, Matthew Wolf's kind of tailed off a little bit. He hasn't. I thought Neiman was going to be the one mm. last week, you know, and I hoped he played again this week, but he didn't. If he wins, he wins. I don't, I don't, 22 to 1, I don't oh, care. I, I, do you know, Joe, I think you're right. I, I, I can see him winning a tournament one day by five or six quite easily. But when we, when we are talking about putting, it would be churlish to then say that he's a better 20 to 1 when, we, when he's there. It, it, it's just really annoying that, that figure from last year. If he'd have been 30th, I'd have, I'd have said let him go. But then does one little swallow make a summer? No. I'd the rather be on him than, than Matsy Armour. Yeah, I would. Because I think that Hovland's got room to improve, whereas, like I just said about Matsuyama, and I'd probably be a bit harsh, but I think he's peaked. I just think that yeah. unless he suddenly learns how to putt, which there's been no evidence he's going to over the last eight yeah. years, ten yeah. years, whatever it's been evolved, he's not going to be a better player. He's going to, he's going to certain weeks he's going to get hot with the putter and win because his ball striking is off the charts. Whereas I think Victor Hovland can still learn how he's with yeah. Pete Cowan now. His chipping's going to improve. His putting will improve. We saw it with Morikawa. I was I was saying the same things about him at the start, and and he had a chance at Colonial. He'll um, learn, though, won't he? He will learn. Yeah, he will learn. He, you know, he's that type of player. Sung Jm next up, very solid across the board and everything. Yeah, um, sure. Looked like yeah, he mate. was going to miss the cut last week and and didn't. Yeah, got the course. Got got top twenty five. It wasn't the greatest field in the world. He's got top twenty five here. Doesn't unfortunately appear in any of my lists and, and I've been quite I think I've been quite strict this year um, since we started this podcast about choosing my stats and uh, sticking to them so I have to stick to them and as he doesn't appear there 
he's a top 10 player, but he's not going to threaten. I just think, again, it's one of those things, I just, it sounds stupid. It really does sound stupid when you say it out loud that I'll just wait until he's 50 to one in a stronger mm-hmm. field and, and hope he wins because I think yeah. he's got as good of a chance to win a bigger event as he has this. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's not someone that just, you say about Bryson possibly being a flat track bully, but you see these people that when they enter a smaller tournament, they win. And I don't think there's any one of these players that really do that. So Absolutely. why take a chance on them when you can just take a chance on a rising you, star or a bit of a journeyman? Do know, yeah, do you know what? I mean, apart from maybe Hatton, though I, I think he's, he's the possible element at the top there, whereas he gets a little downgrade. We'll see what he does. But yeah, you are right. If you go back a few years and you know anybody old enough to remember, um, when Westwood was bullying the um, European elders absolutely all over South Africa and uh, it's probably Tiger over there. And a little tiny drop down in grade, they were 9 to 2 favourite. And I tell you what, they hit it. Every single time they bullied it. And there isn't. There, is, there really isn't that player at the moment, um, which is great. But we, well, again, we'll see what Bryson does because he's a... Pr- you know, that's got to be one of the shortest prices on a full field this year, isn't it? Six to one. I'd like him to do it to an extent because I think that he's getting this kind of... He's not... It's hard to say because I don't think he doesn't like the attention um, because I think he does to an extent. Um, but I don't think... I think he gets bored of being asked about it, you know, his gains and all that sort of stuff because... It's not just the fact that he's bulked up and he can hit it a mile now. He's actually changed his technique. There's more into it than, than they're asking about. And everyone just expects him to win every week and, and drive every par four and, and all this sort of stuff. Just let him go out and win. Yep. <laughs> just let him do it. Yep. And if he does it this week, then fine. That, that'll happen. Tony Finau's down here. Ricky Fowler. They've been in the same bunch for weeks now. They're, none of them, Neither of them have done something to suggest that they can win. Scotty Scheffler's back in the field this week. I think he looks a bit short now at thirty-five to one, considering he's not in the form that he was when when we were considering post yeah. or pre-lockdown. Yeah, I mean you were looking at sixty-sixes though, weren't you? For for the other fields, you take them out. It's, it's expected. I mean, I'm, I, I like him a lot. I think he's got some. He's not showing up in the stats quite as um, prevalently as he was doing. Funnily enough, he's just one. He's, well, because. The thing was, when we were looking at the stats before, he, he started, didn't he? He went sort of third, 18th, fifth, third in a row. Yeah. He's he's had a bit of a, not a bad run, but the 15th at Bay Hill is a, is a standout in the last sort of six or seven events. Yeah, yeah, playing through the uh, playing through the um, layoff uh, hasn't done him quite as well as he worked. Last week wasn't bad, 70-67. Everyone looks at a missed cut, but that's, as we always say, it's not 76-76. He didn't play, obviously didn't play the weekend, hasn't been around here. Isn't isn't the greatest putter in the world? He'll give himself chances. I'd worry maybe round here on these greens. So yeah, we can leave him alone. So here is the man that has been slaughtered for his price this week, forty-five to one. Doc mm. Redmond. Now yep. he was he's been three hundred and fifty to one. He's been two hundred to one in the last couple of weeks. There has to be a certain amount of price regression when the field collapses as it has. Like this is not just a little drop-off. The class of field is completely different this week. So he has to be shorter. He's also put in two very good performances. He's hit the ball better than most both weeks. And this is a course that's going to reward that. So I don't know what price you can make him. Although 45-1 to 1, when you've got the likes of the people we're going to go on to next 
does still look a little bit short, even if I don't think... I think there's a slight overreaction to how short he is, but I can see the point overall. Yeah, there's somebody who will be listening to this <laughs> consistently on Twitter, Twitter direct messages, has slated the price of Doc Redman the entire day. He just cannot believe it. Um, and I think he's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's lovely to get second behind Nate Lashley. What price, Nate Lashley? 125? Who, who clearly likes the course. <sighs> what, what can you do? I mean, he's clearly got promise. And he's been mentioned in pretty good circles uh, for the future. But that is all we're talking. We are talking a second here last year. Got beat a long way, to be fair. And as you say, the field was whatever. And he got that 63. So he's at 63. He's lost strokes on the putting, which is a main main key this week. Um, he doesn't appear in any of the main stats that I'm looking at. It's, it's as, as he says, as... Uh, Mr. I won't say his name. As he says, he doesn't get it, doesn't understand it at all. And, and I, I make him right. I, I cannot get ways. He's mixed in the same price as proven winners with proven correlative form. I managed to get that word out right, that stumbling. Uh, just do not get it, do not understand it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. 80, 85, you can say, yeah, we'll take a, a chance with him. No, ch- I mean, I just, no. Nah, just well, the way I look nonsense. at it is, so when... Uh, a couple of weeks back, wasn't it, when you were really keen on JT Poston, yeah. and he was he'd gone from a hundreds one down to seventy fives one, and we were like, mm, okay, and and it still looked decent. You know, this is half of that price. Um, it's just a case of everyone. Everyone's looking at the same thing. Everyone knew he was going to be popular. Why take like you said about? Because I was saying I don't understand why Matsy Armour's eighteen, and you said oh, bookies are getting that bet on. They knew they were going to take bets on Redmond regardless of the price because everyone talks about him. Everyone has been talking about it for the last two weeks, and he's got better. Um, but like we said about you know Hovland, yes, he's playing well, but he still hasn't finished inside the top ten. <laughs> no, he hasn't, he hasn't had a top ten since that second tier last year. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's not his fault. You know, no, he's got no he's idea. Got, he's got, this, he's got the second. He's got, he has got a little bit of form um, uh, heritage. Uh, I think he ranked eleventh patting last year, uh, but hasn't particularly done anything. Uh, since then on the greens you know when yeah it's, it's wrong isn't it? in, it's wrong mate isn't it it's wrong strength, field strength sorry yeah. this week yeah it's still better than it was when he played last year so you're mm. going to expect more people to be in you, you know you suddenly got to account for bryson webb tyrrell i mean patrick reed was here last week last year but there's three big names that you know they're gonna take up you'd think the top 10 you'd think all three of them could hit the top 10 someone's got to come out and, and doc redman who doesn't putt very well. It's, it's hit the 63. I mean, it's hit the 63, and, and, and you know, it was, po- you know, I mean, that was just quickly pointed out by a, a very well-known uh, columnist uh, yesterday, and, and there was loads of replies to it, and people guessed he'd be 40, 45 to 1, and, and bang away, there he is. If he hits 67, 68, what price is he? I, I, I just, it's just such an over, there's many overreactions. I mean, uh, the Hovland one really is overreaction, though we can see why. And he's a winner, and he, you know, but this is a non-winner. I mean, yeah, whatever. I'd, I'd rather back him at 66 to be a first-round leader just to carry on the form the momentum, of yeah. Sunday, play really well, hit a good thing, make everyone look like they're going to have to, you know, eat their words, and then he'll just fade away. I just, right. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he'll shoot a 65 on Thursday, right. and that'll be it. 
do you know what? You can have 45 to 1 outright with all the names in it, or you can currently have, should you wish to back him, 30 to 1. Okay, you only get first five places without the top eight. So whatever, DeChambeau, Simpson, Reed, Hatton, Matsuyama, Hovland, uh, Sung Jae-im, or Finau do, he's, he's 30 to 1 each way, first five places. So, so if you're you tell me, to do, it, do that, I think. You, but... you tell me, yeah. He can still finish 10th and you can get a payout. But he's, he's, I mean, and, and it's very feasible that he put, you know, he comes on from last week. Of course, he obviously loves. But no, 45 to 1 to win. No, no whatever. No. Bubba Watson, he Next. missed the cut last week. He didn't play as well as I thought he would at Heritage. So I'm happy to watch him play now. He likes, he likes the course. He, does, he said he likes the course, but so what now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, there's no reason he can't go well like, like others are. But he missed the cut here last year. He missed the cut last week. He finished 52nd at Heritage when he, you know, mm. yes, he played better than that, but he's the right price now that I can just forget mm. about him. English mm. is out of Corona. JT Poston is interesting. Mm. You know, if you liked him like you did before, yeah, is he better off taking in this field? He had so much in favour. I mean, it was a harder field, I thought, but he had so much in, in favour at Hilton Head. He, he, he has a massive chance, and he was... Uh, apart from Hatton, he was the one I looked to make sure that he was entered. But if there was a few. There was Casey and Cantley, obviously. But again, I can't believe I haven't turned up this week to kick on from very promising weeks last week. But anyway, it's up to them. Poston obviously won, or Poston, obviously won the 2019 Wyndham, which is a, an awesome um, pointer to hear. <laughs> and and he, he's top 10 of putting. So, do you know what? I thought he was short, which says... Not a lot about most of the others in front of him. Um, I just thought we short. I wanted bigger. I was happy taking 100. I was happy taking 80, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he played really well, to be fair, to be eighth. I think we were quite unlucky not to uh, not to collect then. <sighs> Do you know what? I'd rather have him than Doc Redman. But this, this is my Let's point to like say, is that, that this, is, this, is another, this is a perfect example of why Doc Redman looks so ridiculous this week, because Poston's gone from... 100 down to 75 at um, at the Heritage yeah. and he's played well and then finished and now he's 45 to 1 here Doc Redmond's gone from 350 to 1 to 250 to 1 to 45 absolutely never won not really contended no. absolutely so yeah I mean I quite like Poston I'm not going to bet him because the next person we're going to talk about is is far better value for me um, he's a winner and that's Kevin Nahr. Yeah, absolutely 100% agree with you I yep. mean, so I thought he was going to go well at that Colonial, bad back, mm-hmm. didn't, skip the week, come back last week, finish his fifth. Yeah, I um, mean, okay. It, sorry, mate. I do keep interrupting you, but I, <laughs> I must have some sort of wavy signal we'll have to get between us, mate. Yeah, I mean, he missed the cut, but like we keep saying about these miscuts, I keep saying the same thing. People have got to look more into these miscuts. It's not miscuts 76-76. He hit 67 second round. Um, at Colonial, um, and there's plenty of players like Streelman, Hughes, um, DJ, Ches Reeve, who came out and played well. They also missed the cut. Missing a cut on one of these courses by a shot or two, and then coming out on a similar track, it, sh- it shouldn't affect you. No, and and he was hurt as well. This is the thing. So mm. he's had, he's rested up, and now he's. I just don't. I don't get it. He's 45 to one, and I said it in the you know the podcast when he talked about Colonial was that. I genuinely think he's a different player now. I think there was always this stigma that he couldn't win, he wasn't good. Everyone remembers that 14 that he took on that par four when he got stuck behind a cactus, and and that sticks with you for a little while. 
you know, he's won twice in the last 18 months, whatever it is. Uh, it's probably longer than that now because I keep saying 18 months. But, you know, he's, when you look at the class of this field, mm. he is in, when you think of Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, you know, he's not that far behind in terms of those names. And he's, he's priced completely differently. Massive chance. Absolutely. Absolutely huge chance. I mean, just for anyone, again, he's 22 to 1 without the first eight. So you have 22 to 1 Kevin Nahr without the first eight, or uh, uh, somebody like uh, Matsuyama at 18 to 1 with everybody in it. But anyway, um, yep, absolutely. Uh, Travellers last week, six in uh, Strone Gates, strokes gained putting, um, fifth strokes gained overall. Uh, fifth driving accuracy, which we know he's accurate, but that really will help on the front nine this week. Former Riviera, um, Wyndham form, fourth, tenth, eighteen, three top twenties in East Lake. Um, what is there not to like about him? He's, he's come right back to form, proven winner. Um, miscuts irrelevant. Um, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent with you. And the thing as well, I, almost it seems weird that I like this, but he contended last week. When being 31st in strokes gained approach, um, yeah. you know, only grained over half a stroke on average, um, just over two strokes on a week. Uh, there's room for improvement there, isn't there? You know, he's only got to go to 15th, um, and suddenly he's he's bang in there. He's he's gonna make the putts. He putts as good as most. Uh, we talk about how, how much Webb Simpson's mm. improved his putting. Absolutely. Kevin Nars brilliant. Mm. Um, his short game is brilliant. So. Yeah. If as long as he hits the greens, which he should do, and like you say, their driving accuracy last week, yeah, really yeah, like him. So yeah. both of us, that's a consensus pick. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. It's nice to pick, nice to pick one of the same. That's, I think we can kind of not move away completely from this area, but Jason Day still hasn't shown enough for me. Although I thought with this class of field, I thought he was going to be shorter. Sixties one looks a big price, but probably isn't based on how he's playing. But when Rory Sabatini's sandwiched in there at 50 to 1, you do start to take notice of people like Jason Day. Yeah, but you can understand why Sabatini is there. I mean, he's got um, he's got form everywhere that counts. I mean, I know I know it's Rory Sabatini, but he's got top 10s at Wyndham all over the place. Obviously, he's won at Colonial. Uh, Ty second at Bridgestone, I think there was a connection to, uh, to the course over there. Um, obviously, fourth here. Again, doesn't appear in any of my three stats particularly which is understandable but yeah I, I, not days definitely not for me absolutely not um Norris Abertini um six-time winner though it's easy to forget because of how long ago it was um, I've never liked I've never I've never liked I've never he's liked got a bit, he's always having a head off isn't he he's got he's got the right arm all the time and he's all he's got a lot of, oh he's got a lot of class and he but yeah yeah I mean it's, there's others Jason Day, Hadwin, I'm not particularly interested. I don't yeah. understand the short price on Hadwin every week. Brian Harmon gave Terrible. it a second look, last but week. wasn't good last week. Yeah. Snedeker's Stop. can't hit Snedeker. Yeah. But he can't hit the ball off the tee at the moment. Not at the moment. No. It was a bit, when, bit. No. When's no, it going to come back? <laughs> very much confident. I mean, you're quite a fan of Snedeker, aren't you? I think normally. He, he is. I think it's a putter. I think he's, 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 when he puts, he's beautiful to watch. I've been writing for, I don't know, eight years, whatever it's been. I lose track, seven maybe. Um, and he's probably the person I've put up the most okay. because I just think that he is a very good winner. I 
constantly backing for the Masters and constantly losing my money. Tory Pines, he's always playing well. I just think there's something actually wrong with him at the moment. Okay. And I've, and I've never thought that, ever. Okay. 66 to 1 in this field, and he made the cut last week. <sighs> again, again, say the same thing. Sneds is 33 without the top eight. I, I think he's. I think he's got a great chance. Yeah, I think he was fifth around the greens, which will help this week. And that's not the main... You don't, you don't want to be missing these, but um, the fact that he's that around the greens last week and 14th or 15th in Strohn's Gate patting last week, wasn't he? Sorry, I'm on the wrong page. I might have been better than that. He's also won at East Lake. He's got loads of top 20s, top 30s around there. Um, not that it matters when it's a short field. I hope uh, he's got top 30s out there. There's only 30 in the field. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I was going to say. Not that it matters when it's a short field. <laughs> Won Wyndham twice and has got blinking 450 top tens there. Uh, I mean, he is the, he is that player, isn't he? He's he's uh, an old and 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 withered Webb Simpson. He's got a form of Northern Trust, whatever you want to call it, this year. Uh, he's, and he, interestingly enough, although he doesn't seem to win very much these days, he's maintained his sort of top 50, top 60 in the world status for nine years, which I actually find amazing. Um, because you could have told me I'd have said he'd been rated 70 or 80. But I thought they showed a little bit of him last week for whatever reason. And I did like his game at parts. And, and I think coming back here, where he was top 10 last year, uh, where he was ranked, I think, fourth in putting, which is his strength. Yeah, I thought 66 was actually doing him a disservice, to be honest. Again, it's all in comparison, isn't it? Uh, he's the same price as Adam Hadwin. And we can go back to what you just said. You know, he's 20 points bigger than Doc Redman. And he's a multiple winner on relevant courses. You tell me. I just he's lost six strokes on approaches last week and over a stroke yeah. um off the tee. And that's just he's never been great off the tee because he doesn't hit it very far. No. Um so to lose slightly off the tee is not, not a big deal. But he's always been sneakily good with his iron. Mm. He's always been disrespected uh, for how good of an iron player he is. And out of the sixty eight to make the cut last week, he finished sixty seventh in approach. And that just that worries me. He's down there with Luke Donald, Greg Chalmers. Um, Interesting, isn't it? Luke, Luke used to be another one, wasn't he? That was that was Razor with his irons, wasn't he? Yeah, and maybe and, and that's, age. that's what worries me. Yeah, and I just think he's just. I think he's got everything out of his game that he possibly can. I think he's got more than what he not that he deserves. I think he's a great player, but he's got more than his ability allows. He's got that little jabby putting stroke that works perfectly on these sort of greens. Mm. Um, look, he could putt his way to a certain score. I just think if he can't if he can't hit it close, which the stats suggest he can't, he's going to struggle. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to accept that. But uh, yeah, I... I understand the sentiment of 66 to one because if he'd have had a top 10 last week, he'd have been 30s at most. So it's it's one of those ones where I need to see it again from him to be to be interested. Quite interesting that that on uh, on the exchanges, while everybody else is um, pretty much round about their price, or you know, it's only Monday, isn't it? Uh, biggest Snedeker is is fifty, which I think is really interesting because he's the only one I think on there that that's doing that. Which which you know, I, I, obviously it's irrelevant because people on here are irrelevant to Brent Snedeker's life. Yeah. But I just find that quite quite interesting, really. Um, I, think, I think he's a name that sticks out. I think that's the thing. He sticks out as, oh, okay, well, he's he wins at all these correlating courses. He's 
you know, you need to go 25 under and putt well, and he putts better than most, so stick him in. But you never and, say that. And that would be my attitude most weeks. You never say that, though, do you? You never say, there's, there's you know, just, just talking to you now as you're looking at it, 300 kids waiting at 55 and 475 waiting at 60. So I, I know it's a completely irrelevant, it's just something that caught my eye that I find quite amazing. I very rarely see someone that's 10 points shorter than, than the book already on a Monday. Yeah, um, strange. I don't, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know if it's no. Why. There's no reason, is there? I don't get it. I don't, there's nothing. No one suddenly said that he's found something brilliant in his eyes while we've been recording. I don't know. No, I don't, this. This is. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre, is it? It's bizarre. But anyway, I think he has. He has got a massive chance. Again, it might be one worth looking at without the top eight. That could. I could definitely see him finishing top ten quite easily, um, especially if there's a big sort of um, gap between between players as they approach. As if he turns into a a ludicrously low score. I like. I, think, I thought he was the wrong price. I think if his game had gone wrong because of Justin Rose or his short equipment or he changed a ball or something like that, I'd be straight back on him. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to be there's something functionally wrong. Um, hopefully I'm wrong because I like him and you like him. So maybe we'll see. Lucas Glover, same price. Send him some flowers so we can wish him well. <laughs> Lucas Glover, he can't putt. No, I, I, I never I, has been able to. No, I, I took a big price on him last week in running on the exchanges. Played very well, to be fair. But yeah, like you say, he, he can't putt, and this is a paying course, so you can't possibly entertain him. Actually, gained strokes putting last week, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was amazing. That was. I didn't um, realise how he did. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that he hits it so close that and so well that you you're sort of frustrated, and and he's always a name that's going to pop up on these sort of courses. Um, and I expect him to go well, but I just not bothered about him. I like him at three figures. Whenever he's up there, I will take a second look. But yep. sixty-six, he can go. The two South Africans, Van yep. Royen and Bez Wiedenhout, I think both yep. have got. Uh, I think Bez Wiedenhout, I think I yep. like more actually this week. He's on my list. Absolutely, I like him. I think 100%. his approaches are. They're actually statistically, he's he's suffering a bit this season in approach. Oh no, sorry, he's thirteenth in approach um, off the tee. He's struggling, isn't he? He is. He's, um, he's, he's 30th approaches and 14th putting, I believe. Yeah, so his uh, passing, his approaches are brilliant. It's just off the tee, he seems to be all over the place. But he's not a player that I attribute that to generally. No, I, I, I have him as an as a you have to play him this week, as far as I'm concerned. He, he, he's one of those that could obviously do nothing because he hasn't, he hasn't got any sort of... He's got... Okay, if we if we look at him, he's one Valderrama. Um we know how tricky that can be. Um, fresh John Rahm around there. Um, we've discussed that before about him. I think even going back to our first Masters conversation. Um, so he can, we know he can play course. We know he can play tree-lined. Uh, he was third at Wentworth, which is obviously quite tight. and has got undulating greens. He should have won Dubai, left it behind in a playoff, really. Um, possibly should Yeah, I think he should have won that. The top 30 in WC in Mexico was okay. In between, he wins the Dimension Data at home. Um, Eagle in the last um, to Pip Kutsia comes over here or over there um, tied 18th at the Arnold Palmer um, third round 73 and I think that was terrible conditions wasn't it the third round yeah. so holds his own would have definitely been top 12 top 10 apart from that bit of a dodgy Sunday 79 not bothered about his miscut of the Charles Schwab because he hit 69-70 he missed it by one not bothered about that comes back out 28th Hilton head 67, 69, 68, 67 with six birds in his final round. You've mentioned his um, 
strokes game patting and his approach. Um, the, the, if if he's going to make a case, this is the type of course he's going to do it on. Um, oh yes, where is he? He's on the list uh, of the overall patting in 2000. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, in strokes game's approach. So yeah, um, he's got so much in his favour. He's just not one of those players that, for whatever reason, people people catch on to. But I think he's a better player than that price. I think the thing is, it's a difficult one, this one, because I'm going to, I'm going to try and make a positive out of what appears to be a negative, and then it's going to counteract what is positive about him. So he's, that's a bit of a garbled message. So he's 13th in strokes gained approach and 14th in passing at the moment, but that's only over 14 measured rounds. Mm-hmm. So a bit like we were talking about Hatton, where it looks brilliant, but as the rounds go on, he's naturally going to fall. Um, but then on the flip side of that, where he's really lowly ranked in the uh, off the tee in 198th and 141st around the green, that's only over 14 rounds as well. So you'd expect that to, to improve. So he's going to sort of almost match up, and I think he'll be solid across the board when it comes to it, which is fine in a field of this quality. I just think that he's proved himself in much bigger events than this already. Um, even this season, like you say, Bay Hill, he played well in Mexico. He played well at the Heritage um, without really standing out. Um, this is definitely a sort of an event for him. He's not scared to go low. He's beaten John Rahm. But he hasn't got John Rahm to beat this week. Okay, he's got Bryson and Webb. Um, if he's got aspirations to be the player that we hope he's going to be, this is a sort of event he wants to show up in. When you think about sort of Brandon Grace showing up in these sort of fields in, on PGA tours and things like that, um, that's what he's got to do. Yeah, he's he's not scared, is he? He's not scared of being in front. He's not scared of being in, in the mix. Um, not scared of strange courses either. You know, courses he hasn't been around before. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought he would be could possibly be much bigger than what he's showing there at the moment. Um, and as boring as it is. He's a better player than some of those um, sort of priced a lot lower. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a European he's still got tour leader, isn't he? So oh, he's improved, hasn't he? I mean, he's improved tremendously over the last year. Um, yeah, I mean, if he came back to the European Tour, I'd, I'd, you know, he'd be going off 25 every week. Um, yeah, he's, he's quality. Uh, he just needs to get silly to say. He does need to get, those, you know, those wins. He does need to get that win, that extra extra victory but it's there and if he turns up 100% um, it's too big yeah and Van Royen's been very popular over the last few weeks and disappointed especially at Honda and everyone sort of thought he was going to play well after Mexico then he did the same coming out at Colonial um, but then played well at Heritage finished tied 21st um, which should be an event that's really up his alley but he shot two 66s um, I don't know if he goes low enough this week, I just don't, I don't see it myself. I just think he's, a, I think he's obviously there. His talent's there. He's chasing his card, so he's going to play in everything he can. Um, I personally wouldn't back him, but he's starting to look a bit more of the price he should do in this sort of field. Yeah, big hitter might, you know, again that might be a bit of an advantage um, on some of the holes. Um, I, I preferred Bez over him, to be honest with you, but he, he was very impressive in Mexico, wasn't he? Um, I think we were both impressed there. We, we, we spoke about him um, at our Masters chat. Um, it's quite easy to see him place in a, in a field of this quality. I've got 
got no problem seeing his name up there. Um, it's just out of the two, I'd, I'd prefer Bez, but why not? What do you make of Cabrera Bello this week? Uh, it's just about the flipping bend, isn't he, that geezer? Um, <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't come into any any of in any of my plans. I mean, we all know what he's like when he's under pressure on the greens. Um, can't do it, can he? The thing and that that's the only thing that day. sort of piqued my interest is that because I just noticed that he made you know a couple of cuts since he's come back and finished mm. midway. Um, and the normal weakness that you attribute to him is his putting, yeah. and that's actually his best statistic so far on the PGA Tour. And he's not, you know, it's not a standout. He's 56th, I think it is. Um, he was 39th before last week, before losing again last week. But his approach and his tee degree game is all over the place at the moment, and you're expecting that to come back, um, you know. And if his putting can just stay at what it is at the moment, then you know you should be in for a big week and. You know, you look at it, and he shot a 64 and a 65 last week. Okay, there's two very average rounds sandwiched in between those. Um, but then he had four rounds of six, in the 60s at the Heritage as well. So, uh, the Charles Schwab, sorry. So, I just feel like he's coming back into a bit of form. Okay. Um, yeah. And he could sort of impress in this sort of field. I mean, I, I yeah, why not? He's got he's got form. He's got form going back a couple of years over there. Top five places in, in a couple of decent tournaments. I just think he's a desert. He's a desert player. Um, that's where his best form is, in my Guess view. Guess his tan. Guess his tan. Yeah. Um, I, not on a not on a course that needs pain. Just not. It is no. He just you know if he's got a six footer for to win you the tournament. You, you you're not watching, are you? No. I've got. I can happily skip over the next few unless you've got someone before we get to a hundred to one. Uh, yeah, Kisner and uh, Grace Norren. Farnham was quite tempting, but he's too short, I think, now. Todd, we've discussed already. Maverick Manini can't be bothered. Stewart played okay last week, but he's too short. They're, they're going to they're gonna muller him at some point. Rogers keeps putting up a couple of things, but no, yeah, you're right. Nah, it's fine. Stewart was one that I thought sort of took a bit of interest yeah. just because it's the sort of event that he could go and, and play well at. Um, but he's not, he's not one of those prices you go, oh, God, I've got to back him. Um, even though he's playing well, he's he's made the cuts, but he's not finished better than 20th. So um, Chris Kirk would be interesting to see what he does after his win on the Corn Ferry. Yep. Um, should suit him. Um, and if he's if he's back to his best, then you know he's a sort of I think it's a seven-time winner across the two tours. Um, you know he's he's definitely got plenty in the tank. And another one at a similar price is Siwoo Kim, who I never ever get right he just he's 350 to one every week because you never know what he's going to get and he has one good week that's gets right. cut completely and you think oh, I'll go, oh there's plenty about him this week that i like um and then he misses the cut and it's the most frustrating thing in the world but he was 16th in approaches last week um you know he was fourth tee to green um his putting was his putting his it's never brilliant um you know he lost you know he's lost strokes last week but if he gets on the greens that he likes, he can do it. It's just that it's hard to predict what he's going to do. He's, he's almost like two different people that turn up at a golf course. Where he, you think he's going to do really well, he struggles, and then he'll just pop out of nowhere. And I had I had no real interest in him last week other than, oh, he's a big price again. Um, and then he goes and plays really well. Uh, really interested in him this week, and he'll probably miss the cup. Um. Yeah, it was a bounce back to form. I must be honest, I, I, I don't know why he would have bounced back to form. Um, last Again, though, I mean, see, there we are. I mean, 
the miscut of the Arnold Palmer, it's, it's long enough ago to forget about now. That's a proper miscut, 72-79. But the two miscuts since, 69-72, 72-70, not bad rounds, are they? Um, it, it was and he good is out. a player that likes to miss a cut. When when he does, he misses it, doesn't he? Shoot 77, <laughs> yeah, shoot yeah, 74s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you say, but I'm just it, looking. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. If he's back to form, I mean, I don't know if you if you any reason why why he was suddenly bounced back. Maybe it's just him, as you say. He, you know, like looking earlier this year, two missed cuts, and he turns up at um, Riviera, handily placed for the weekend, then goes missing again. <laughs> don't know. He doesn't. There are other three-figure prices that I think are more convincing. But why not, is all I can say. Well, just the Wyndham is the most correlating course we're looking yeah. at, and he's got a win and a fifth there. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. fifth last year. Um, and he's got a tenth at the Tour Championship. And I just thought that, you know... He, and yet he turns up here and misses the cup. Last yeah. year. <laughs> he's, a, he's a class player. You can't win the players, you know, without being a class player. Um it's just it's just so difficult to predict, and is he worth just being one of those guys that you just back at three hundred and fifty to one when he is that, and and take a chance on him and ignore him when he gets cut? I mean, he's sixty six to one in a place, which is just ridiculous. But a hundred and ten, a hundred to one, I'm I'm still quite tempted. Yeah, um, I I don't know why he's uh, why he's uh, had a few problems. I've been reading now that he he had a back problem apparently. Um, I don't know how long ago. That's this year anyway. So I don't know if that's been a niggling thing for him. Um, if he's over that and he's returned with that effort uh, on Sunday, then why not? Yeah. He's just never been consistent, though, has he? In his whole career, he's never been consistent. No, so... but, but as you rightly say, if we are taking the Wyndham and if he is back to form, at the pro- it's, all, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. It's all, you know, you wouldn't back him at X price, but you would back him at that price. Doc Redmond, you're not backing at 45, but if you put him at 80, you will. It's, it's relative, you know, it's he fits the course profile. Um, he might be back. I mean, if you can research it enough and find that he's absolutely flying now and he hasn't got a niggle, who cares? At 110, you're not bothered. You're not betting six to one, are you? It's no, fine. I, he's a winner. I think, and, and, I think and he's my second interest. I think okay. I'm going for Kevin Nart and, and Kim. I think they're, they're the ones that stand out to me. I know there's a guy coming up now. Uh, he's going to be on everyone's radar after last week is Will Gordon, who you still think is a bit of, bit of juice in his price yeah I, I was on earlier today um i did miss the bigger prices um do you know what you have to be up at like whatever time to get on these yeah i'm on will gordon this week um only because you can do the headline go for gordon um <laughs> Flash so you, gordon. you can do that one um <laughs> uh yeah I, I uh what was impressive about him well everything was impressive last week um he's a man who was just playing um q schools uh, Monday qualifiers. He qualified for the McKenzie uh, Tour. I think he won that Q School uh, what, a year and a bit ago. Um, was playing on sponsors' invites. Um, done enough earlier on in the year, I think, to qualify for the Web.com um, playoffs. But unfortunately, they were they were cancelled. So he's had to do a lot more. If I can click me right uh, thing, yes, I can. Um, and last week he was uh, unbelievable. Um, Obviously, he was in very big contention at halfway um, at the Travellers. Nobody really expected him to be there. Um, he hit that 62. Everyone was cheering him on. Well done, mate. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody expected him to do anything after that. And indeed, he did. He hit 71, plummeted down the field. Um, had to be under immense pressure because um, he needed to finish tied third, I think, to 
assure him a special exemption, etc., etc., etc. Means he can get unlimited sponsors exemptions for the year. Um, and his figures last week are just incredible. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, because I wrote, wrote these down earlier today. Uh, he led um, the field in birdies. Uh, he was 33rd in approaches, I think 14th around, 16th putting, 14th tee to green or give or take. Tied third, strokes gained total. Um, he was had the sixth longest drive. He was tied fifth in greens in reg and 12th in putts in greens in regulation. Um, if it, This doesn't really affect him, but he, he was also, um, I think, a Vanderbilt um, um, graduate. Uh, Snedeker comes from there, interestingly enough. Um, no, it's just, you know. Um, so there's always some connections there and also John Augustine who you need to keep an eye out over the next two or three years um, it was brilliant wasn't it and if you if you can play under that sort of pressure as he did as he was coming down the stretch he knew what he had to do you read all the interviews he knew exactly what he had to do where he was in the field um, and he he was awesome um, at one point I thought he was actually going to do a little bit better but if he can do that under pressure of having to having to do it, what you know? What's he going to do this week? Where he's, he's fi- okay? I mean, you know, we're looking for course. He was tied to the RSM. We have linked the RSM over the last few weeks, so it's it's very vague. But um, you know, I'll do that anyway. Um, but if he can if he can play like that and he's relaxed and he hits those figures, he will be contending. Absolutely. What I liked about him is that when that seventy one happened, you almost thought, ah. Oh, that- hmm. That's really a shame, you know. He's done really well, deserved better, and he shot that 64 yesterday to come back and get his membership. and And that was probably the worst score he could have shot. Absolutely, yeah. He had so many putts that were close. I mean, he had an eagle putt from God knows where. Uh, they had it on the blimp, and it was going in. Um, it was just tremendous. I thought, you know, what? And and the argument was, okay, it was a massive prize last week. You know, you're taking a third or whatever he is this mm. week, but he was. You know, he finished 10th, 21st and 20th in three of those starts he had earlier. So he'd already shown the form. Um, he'd played really well on Torrey Pines, which is a tough course. He'd finished 10th, like you just said, at the RSM. So the signs were already there. It was almost just like they'd forgotten about him when it comes to this week. Um, rightly so, because there's obviously a lot of names about. Um, and he's just performed well. And he's obviously of that ability. He's obviously going to be a PGA player next season, I would have thought. Um there's nothing to argue against. I think take him while he's hot. If he doesn't perform well, forget about him for a couple of weeks um, and go from there. As you say, when he gets this sort of price range, you, if you like something, just go for it because you can sit there and you can get caught out while oh, if he was 300, I'd take him. Why? If it's a three-figure payout, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, every, take it. Everything's relative. I used to get texts from somebody quite a lot saying, oh, I can't believe you put him up at 66 to 1. Last week, 450. Well, last week, 450. He'd shown absolutely bugger all. Yeah. Um, we might have known that he was a great college player. I mean, Will Gordon, I think, has, has actually um, got some decent. He's, he's very well highly thought of on the on the college circuit. Um, you know, that, that's my point. My point is that if someone's shown a bit from college two years ago, and he's played crap for the majority of his professional career, I don't want to take 400. But if he starts showing something that looks like his college, you know, something's clicked, a coach. That something's happened. It doesn't matter what it is. Then I'm quite happy to then take that. Uh, interestingly, he lost he lost strokes putting uh, on Sunday, uh, despite that effort. Uh, but but look mad. at that driving actually 92% on Sunday, 88 on on uh, 88 greens in reg. So if he turns up with those figures round 
what will be a similar type of course. Um, I mean, he's long as well. So, you know, going to 7,300 is certainly not going to affect him. Um, look, you're, you're, you're guessing that he'll turn up. You're, you're guessing that he's, as somebody said to me earlier, he's, he's probably been on a beach now. He's got his card. Um, so you're guessing. The good news is he's not really meant to be. So that, that's. Well, that's true. You know, or yeah. I mean, if he turns up like that, and given his past history, I'm quite happy in this, this quality of field to take three figures. Yep, no, I completely agree. Um, on the next sort of lot, is there anyone else in this sort of area that you're particularly interested in? Wes Roach played well here last year, played well on correlating courses, but mm. is Wes Roach? No, I didn't. Uh, I, did, I didn't. Somebody, somebody texted me that earlier as well, and I looked and went, nah, no. cheers. I mean, look, I'll, put, I'll say Luke List just because we, we've had got a history now. If we say somebody the week before and they play badly, they, they invariably play well the week after. Uh he, I think he'll actually do well on the back nine. Not so sure, not so sure the front nine he'll be able to do anything. But yeah, I, I, I'm quite happy for Luke Lister to keep playing average, and uh, I'll be on him when he wins that way. Tyler Duncan was someone that sort of yeah, I, I like him for whatever reason. Sort of latched onto him a bit. It keeps popping up. Um, Sebastian Munoz is popular. Yeah, Lashley was here last year. I don't think he's going to repeat it. 150 to 1 compared to the person he beat is 45 to 1. I know it's very harsh to keep going back to that, but <laughs> but it is what it is. It is. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's not really... Willow will find greens, will he? Yeah, he won't And then miss every putt. No, miss every putt. Yeah. Um, same stuff. No? He'll do, well, he's a bit old now, but he'll do the same thing. It's a shame, Grillo. I really like him. I think he's a great player. Yeah, he's never going never gonna to make ju- it, is he? He's not going to change. Nope. He's, it's not like a... I almost thought it was a desperate sort of Cabrera to take him under his wing and kind of, you know, mm. this is how you part, here's the feel, get it for you. And he's just not done it. He come out flashing a pan when he first come on the tour. Um, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, iron play was just stunning. He's, when we talk about Maxi Armour can't putt, he's that on steroids. Yeah. He's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a shame. It really uh, is because I really like him. He seems like a likeable guy. He's obviously got He's a Joe Durant. He's a Joe Durant of Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> and next to Jason Duffno, who can't putt. Yeah, I love I love Duffno. Scene of one of my favourite ever victories. Anyway, go. On. Yeah. What a character, but not going to win this week. No. There, there's one name that I that I kind of like in the. Well, there's a couple that we're going to talk about, but there's one we haven't mentioned before the show, and it's Ryan Armour at two hundred to one. Now. Ryan Armour, you always just think, or I always think, he just pelts a load of greens and can't putt. Um, and that is invariably what he normally does. Um, but he finished tied sixth last week um, and had an absolutely terrible week with approaches. He you know, he finished 61st out of those, made the cut, lost nearly three strokes on approaches. Um, if he goes anywhere back to normal, this has got to be right off of his streak. It really has. Yeah, he's got 64 round here, first round. Might yeah. well be worth looking at him for uh, first round leader. If you and want. also, he's had a couple probably. of top finishes at the Wyndham. Uh, yeah. He's got a 4th and an 8th. Um, you know, it's, it's hard mm. when it's only one yeah. year of course form to go by and are oh, you making that link tediously because it's Donald Ross? You don't know, but that's all you've got to go by. Um, you know, when he won that event at the Sanderson Farms, he, he ran away with it. Um He's gone second at the Quicken Loans behind Molinari when he was the best player in the world. Um, 
he's just a tight he's, he fits the profile um, and it's normally the putting that holds him back and it was actually the putting that kept him in it last week he gained seven strokes on the putting green which again you're probably expecting he can't match which is the concern mm. that maybe he can't contend but it's it's on a course that should suit better and, you, and his iron play is going to be better you'd think so he doesn't need to shoot so he doesn't need to gain seven putts this year. It could be five. And and he's got a chance. At 200 to one, I just thought he was worth a second look. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I didn't look very much at him, but you've pointed him out. Um, last, yeah, 60, ended 64, started with a 67. Uh, the Heritage opened up with a 69, 68. I mean, yeah, 64 here last year. I'm, I'm, I'm not averse to looking at him for a first round leader. Um, but yeah, again, you know, two hundred to one, fine, no problem. For I mean, a reason, been, it, for an absolute reason, it's not like he's the superstar. He's never been. He's a journeyman golfer, hmm. um, and there is. Whereas last year, these journeymen were the right profile. It should take a class winner this week because of the, the names that are in there. Um, but just tickle my fancy next to Wesley Bryan, who we're going to come on to. Yeah, now, yeah. If someone else can hit Wes Bryan's tee shots, he's going to win this season. But um, because he gained nine strokes on approach last week. Okay, let's not forget that he's been out for a year. Um, and I found an interview in April where he was glad that there was a little break um, because he still wasn't 100%. So I can forgive anything that he's doing wrong. Um, certainly, as a you know, certainly if it involves taking driver um if he's well, got it's a his shoulder had isn't it it's his sorry, shoulder sorry so it's his terrible shoulder, shoulder. so yeah. you've probably he's yeah. probably holding against it worried that he's going to hurt it again um, he says he's sorry go on, mate. yeah i think that's why he's probably been losing the strokes he mm. has absolutely he's five percent away <sighs> he was five percent away he says in april that that's his interview his favorite event is i think he says was heritage obviously he won it there um Useful that he won Heritage, useful that he's fourth at Riviera, useful that he's got top tens at John Deere. Um, they work very well. Um, he was glad this, as I say, he was glad this didn't go ahead because at the time, because he, he's got, and I just thought last week, that's definite signs that something is back. I, I'll grant you um, he was losing off the tee, um, which, but last week he was, uh, I think he was uh, first in strokes gained approach, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I've got it written yeah. down. I've not got it on the screen. First in strokes gained approach, 23rd at green, 24th. Um, gained overall, I think. Scrambling wasn't bad. Um, obviously, we know he's got three wins in 2016 uh, on the lower league. Um, he's too big, though, isn't he? He's too big for a player that may well be coming back to form that wants to win. He's got he's got a, uh, a little baby as well. There's always that um, that little sort of incentive. Um, they're good rounds, aren't they? Really, um, for somebody somebody that hasn't played really for a year, um, they're very impressive. You take that year out where he said he was feeling something throughout the entire of 2018. It's got quite a good profile. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I took 175. So I can't get on with the 200. You can get 125 without the top eight which looks very fair. If he comes on from it, he will contend this week. And 
therefore that's the wrong price. My problem with him is is that 2017 when he finished uh, fourth twice, third once, won once, seventh. Okay, so he's never going to better that season, I don't think. So he's had a win at the Heritage, he's finished third at the John Deere, two top fours at Genesis and Honda and seventh at Valspar. Up there his course is, I don't think he's ever going to better that over a course of a season. And that year, he was still 186th in strokes gains off the tee, minus 899. So... Yeah, and what was he? What was he approaching and and putting? So approach, he was thirty second and thirty fifth in putting. So that is his bread and butter. But if 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 driving matters here, well, it does. Then, well, it depends, doesn't it? It depends how bad it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, if he's driving it like me and you, then then he's in trouble, isn't he? If he's driving a car like me, he's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just—it's one of those ones where there's there's very little um, downside to taking a chance on him. Um, I joked with a friend before we, like, while we were in lockdown, is his brother has got a YouTube video, the Brian brothers. That I just watched that for weeks when there was no actual golf and he was hitting sort of 60s and 62s. And I thought, oh god, when he comes back, he's going to be worth a look. And he was a thousand to one, six hundred to one, and suddenly he's two hundred. So. But 250 to 1, there's still plenty in it, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's massive. That's I, just, I just wonder so what, how though? bad so, he is off the tee, because you don't see it, do you? But but so what? I mean, he's, if he's 250 on the book, he's going to end up 350 on the exchange, yeah? So what? I mean, he's not he at his best, he's not that price. There's an excuse or a reason why he's not a legitimate one while he's not being at his best it's not psychological he's eager to come back he says he's really competitive he's shown improvement so what you know you've and you know it's Strillman isn't it Strillman could have missed the cut last week you know it wouldn't have mattered everyone would have gone where you know yeah he's missed the last two he's you know blah 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 it doesn't matter It he fits a profile and he's overpriced for that profile and therefore he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. It's fine. But he'll do it next week, a week after, week after. But the the wager isn't wrong. It's the right thing to do. It's just sometimes stuff happens, doesn't it? You know, yeah, walk out the door, you get run there... over. You didn't mean to. <laughs> Is there anyone else after him that you're interested in at all? There was one that, that I, somebody said to me, just very quickly, one, one left that somebody said to me is probably the most unsexy bet ever. And you actually mentioned him before. And I can't really believe him putting him up but I'm going to because in my research for this tournament he turned up he was uh, top 10 here last year uh, he's been second at the Barclays I think at the back then he was t- second to green um, I did have him in one of my stats but I can't actually find him there and that is uh, the mighty triangle himself Cameron Tringali um, Cameron extra- absolutely completely unsexy 70-73 uh, isn't horrendous but in the context was pretty poor last week he was tied fifth here last year, as, as we know. Um, he's got tie 16 at John. I'm, I'm struggling. Tie 16 at John Deere. Got the Barkley. He's got form in the Genesis at the Greenbrier. He's just one of those. That's that's all it is. He's he's just one of those. If he if he, I'm not telling people to, to have more than 10 feet. Um, but he's one of them that you may well be able to use. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of people. Of, of, prices on Betfair uh, for example that you can just use to trade 
to earn to back others. Um, and if they go out to the, to you know stupid prices, you know Andrew Putnam's another one. You know he's he's a fantastic putter. If you want to take the chance, he's going to go out to four hundred or something by by the end of tomorrow, four hundred, four hundred fifty. You know, I don't mean who cares at that price because we you know we are playing it seriously, but you don't need a lot for them to go down to double figures. Um, and once they are, treble your money, leave yourself a little bit, back somebody else. They're too big. That that's the problem, and and it's all based on who do you like or who's too big. And I thought Tringali, he's currently four hundred. I mean, what do you have to do to 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 go down to one hundred and fifty? Do you know what I mean? You can double your money and still leave a hundred to one. Uh, so Tringali and and as I say, Putnam would be the two that, uh, yeah, massive massive prices. It happens, doesn't it? Christian Severe won a tournament. It happens. Yeah, and there's one, if you think back to right at the start of this podcast, I said to you, is there a player that you can just back based on their putting ability in a tournament? And there's one name down here, and I'm not going to mention him just because he came on the podcast earlier in the year, um, but it's Christopher Ventura. Oh. Now, he's fifth in strokes game putting on the season. Um, he finished fourth at the Corn Ferry Challenge when they came back out, uh, lost by two. I thought he was going to get the old podcast bump, but he didn't. Um, and then he finished tie 49 the next time. Up, he shot 65 and a 66. Um, 20th at the Puerto Rico Open before it shut down. Um, he's a talented player. Um, you know, he won multiple times last season in 12 starts. He won twice. Um, he's definitely not got a great approach game at all at the moment. But you don't know. We don't know what he's done in the lockdown period. Um, we didn't see the, the coverage of the uh, the Corn Ferry events. I suspect he's sitting it better than he was before they shut down, and he can certainly get it rolling. Yeah, do you know he, he's another one, isn't he? I know you like him, um, but there, there are a few there that you you can look and go. I think some yeah. I mean, with him at least you haven't got that old memory. So when I look down here and you see like the Chris Strauss and the Aaron Badleys um, and people like that, you think to yourself. Sure, they weren't that bad. Yeah. Sure, they weren't that bad when I was when I was actually for Johnson Wagner's down there. I mean, Jonathan Bird, you know, they they're not going to win this. We know, but they're they're huge, aren't they? They're huge prices, and it it does happen. Ventura's got a better chance than any of them. I would I would have ventured. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I I wish you'd get in somewhere, haven't you? I, 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 they come out of crackers, don't they? Um, <laughs> look, why not? but then you could say why not where's roach for example you know as somebody said to me you know uh hit a very very low round last week uh came fifth hits yeah 63 actually and i think his stats were very very good completely different test this week but he was ninth at porto rico at least he didn't win it um and if, do you know what i mean i i don't think they'll win but all these sorts of players at 400 500 600 certainly on the exchanges as well um, and with the advantage of the sort of losing the top eight with one fixed odds firm, uh, you know, if you can make a case, then why not? I mean, you can't just you can't just willy nilly. But if there is something there that gives you hope, then I just why not? You know. Well, if nothing else, I'm just going to use it as a chance to plug the interview that we did do with him because it was a brilliant he's interview. Tom. Fascinating guy. Um, you know, he's travelled from Mexico at a young age over to Norway. 
Um, you know, that's that's a you know story in itself. Uh, gets picked up at Oklahoma. Um, you know, he's just he's a fantastic player who has probably lost a year of his career just from you know having appendicitis or whatever it was, um, and then wins twice last year in 12 starts. There's obviously an ability there. He's he's under Claude Harmon, so he's playing practice rounds with Kepka, DJ, and uh, Shane Lowry. Um, so it's not a bad company to be in. Uh, he's not that level of player yet. He thinks he can be that player, and the way that he talks is just he literally idolises Rory McIlroy, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you know he's literally saying he, he admires his work ethic, he admires his approach that he's taking, um, you know, to to read more. Uh, the mental side of his game, you know, he knows he hits it long and he can putt well, so he's just got to tidy up the other bits. Confident guy, brilliant to to listen to, and you know, if he plays well this week, you'll definitely be going back to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and do you know what? Do you know what? You've had Scott Stallings turn up well. Was Alatoris both played really well over this weekend? Clearly, talking to you is uh, a boon to their game, mate. So, it's got to be, isn't it? Absolutely. It's got to be. The only, there's been a couple that uh, probably won't be thanking me at the moment, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they say Will Zalatoris is going to be. We're going to be talking about him next season on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's had three straight yep. top six finishes. Should have won yesterday. Really, he's really unlucky. Uh, lip out on the last to go to the playoff. There's some, there's been some great interviews, and you know, this isn't the only thing that we do on the podcast. It's just one of those things to highlight is that. You know, every now and then we sprinkle in an interview that is more interesting than me and you talking, I think. Far more interesting. <laughs> Something's got to be more interesting, isn't it? Mm. But there we go. So I think we've rounded it up. So let's just focus on our picks there then. So I've gone for Kevin Nahr and Siwoo Kim. I think I will probably leave it there as as actual official plays. I may came, come back and, and look at some of these longer ones on the exchange didn't like the event i spoke to you beforehand mm. i don't i'm not i'm not interested in it and, and when you're not interested in it, it's hard to i don't know if it's just because there's only one year of course form i don't know if it's just because of the, the massive dropping class in the field actually there's one name that i was going to mention was aaron wise i thought it was interesting that he's sort of shown a bit of promise but not enough to to really be a pick yeah i'm happy just to stick with nar and see who came after a disappointing week last week and uh, and see how they go on how about yourself I think Hatton will win, but I'm not going to bet him at 16. Yep, agree with you on Kevin Nahr, has to be bet. You know about Wes Bryan, you know about Will Gordon, and you know about Christian Bez, so they're definite plays. Sneds and Poston, I'm still thinking about. I'm going to be upset if Poston wins, but then I don't think the price is right. Sneds, you're starting to put me off. And a couple of pence on uh, the mighty triangle when he goes out to something absolutely ridiculous. Expect him to foul, but there are bits there that you know I might be able to make something out of him. That's probably my lot. On, on to a more interesting and, and better week next week, I think. Indeed. Just before you leave, um, I know everybody, uh, if they've got this far, sorry, it's another long one. It's carrot cake with the raisins soaked in rum made by my <laughs> wife. Banana bread has to be warm with banana bits in it. And the top one is coffee and walnut when made properly. So, yeah. We are complete opposites when it comes to cake. I know we were complete opposites with uh, with betting at times. You know, the loot lists, the Russell Knoxes, Bryce and me, I think we differ on. But cake is something else. I just cannot believe the punishment that you put yourself through. I mean, coffee and walnut. I mean, I don't know if it's something that happens when you get older. I mean, I'm not there yet. Um, I can just about drink a cup of coffee now. I don't want it in a cake. Banana bread, that's just something you do when your bananas are going off, isn't it? 
Ah, oh, dear. Oh dear. No one buys bananas to make it. No, I make it. I make it. Yeah, but when your bananas have gone out of date. No, I, I, I make sure they've gone out of date to make it. That's my point. I don't look at them why, and go, why well, they're I going want, off, what can I do with them? I go, I want to make banana bread. I'll wait till they're going off, and then I'll that's make outra- it. That's outrageous, though. Boy, it, something that people love so much is just made out of something that's broken. It's not my life, Tom. <laughs> but it's just a, it's such a strange choice, banana bread. And what was the other one? Oh, it's it's uh, a carrot cake that the wife makes where she soaks the raisins or sultanas or whatever they are, the bloody same. She can in, make rub- me a carrot cake yeah. without chucking those raisins in then you see that's why you're a bryson fan <laughs> it's all I numbers with you in it there's no flair it's just numbers if they say blue you look at a blue if I, they say blue i go what shade of blue but let's bring it back to the actual <laughs> point in case what, what's wrong with just a carrot cake why do you need to chuck a raisin in it you don't need to chuck, you chuck many raisins in one would be like <laughs> be like treasure hunt i mean i just i like a little sort of caramel cake Yep. I like a Victoria sponge. Ah, Victoria. Oh, dear. Victoria You've got to dunk. Is... As long as you dunk it, it's all right. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't understand all these fancy... <laughs> banana bread. Yeah, I love banana bread. Banana bread. I just don't... I cannot get my head around something that... Banana. It's not when everyone says that leftover food is better than... It is. Of course it is. We've got spaghetti bolognese. As soon as I finish this, there's spaghetti bolognese made, right? Tomorrow night will taste ten times better than it does tonight. Yeah, but it's okay, maybe so the next night, but when people have it cold in the morning and say it's better, that's what that's Chinese what is better grouping. cold the next morning, isn't it? No, it isn't, no. Hey, hello, golf punters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I want a proper meal and I and I don't want out of date bananas in in glorified and, and made to look like it's an actual thing. Banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it. What's this? <laughs> it's it's completely it's thrown me. I saw that list and I just thought it's unbelievable. It's like banana. Do you like a banana milkshake at McDonald's? Yeah, I love banana milkshake. Of course, of course you do. I bet you like it. As well. you're, you're that evil, horrible person as well. That if you order a strawberry and then it's been mixed with a banana because they haven't cleaned the pipes, you're all right with that. I'm sending it back. I don't want that. I don't do strawberry. No, and I never can either because I keep pissing about the banana. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's wrap it up here because yeah. no one wants to hear about they're, banana. They're gonna milkshake. love this. Yeah. I think if anyone makes it this far. <laughs> I might, just, I might just clip it out. <laughs> that might... Well, the amount of replies we got about bloody cake. People are probably more interested anyway. But I'm disgusted. I really am. Your poor wife having to make those sort of horrible cakes. She probably doesn't even like them. I make the banana bread. I make a Tia Maria cheesecake. Like, Tom, this is golf, mate. We've got to go. See you later. See you later, mate.